This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Steiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Pretty good. Doing good. Doing good. pretty good. Good to hear. Pretty, pretty good. How, uh, how or dare I ask your uh, holidays? I know Joe and I talked a little Christmas last week, um, and if you want to skip over Christmas, Ryan, and just go straight to the new year, I'd like to hear how you're... <laughs> Your new year ended up being any, do you, do you <laughs> anything, uh, do anything cool or fun or just relaxing or anything? <laughs> um, no, I hit, I hit a depressive state. I mean, I'm currently in a depressed, well, it's always tough to judge, but usually around this time of the year. <laughs> Are um, you sure you're just not in 2021 and 2020? Yeah. No, you, uh, I find, a, I know how to compartmentalize which depression is which at the very least <laughs> like when, when I have the spare time. Uh, no, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those moods where you're just like, hey, everything's going great. And all of a sudden like, oh, wow, I just feel like an utter failure. I don't know why. There's no reason. I just, I just feel this all of a sudden. I'm just going to lay down and play classic Star Wars, uh, Super Nintendo games. Um, for if anyone ever, ever played a Star Wars, Super Star Wars game, uh, they're notoriously difficult and you really hate yourself and you're like why the fuck am i doing this this is just masochistic so new year's has been doing great <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the worst that, I, uh, yeah i spent that odd time <laughs> in between christmas and new year's that like net that nether world in between <laughs> that, the holidays like, period of time where like nobody's doing anything constructive just eating poorly i and, i you know actually literally for once did something constructive during that time What'd you do? I I remodeled partially remodeled my bathroom. Oh, nice! Yeah, I well I installed a new sink and had to play with some of the plumbing a little bit, and I had to do some rewiring and cut some antique wood to make it fit right. And yeah, it was it was a big project, but we got it done in like probably under forty eight hours. So that was I one of those like feel like Mr. Handyman actually kind of do something you know, for once <laughs> no. with it so yeah no it's good i think last time we talked you were about halfway through that project so yep yep and we got it all finished up and it was yeah it, it, it ended up working out pretty well i don't know why i don't do more of this stuff in the summer when it's not freezing <laughs> cold to go outside and like cut something or like because you want to be outside during the summer. right uh, <laughs> yeah in the summer i, I was like i'll build something outside <laughs> I just yeah. don't want to do it inside, but especially because it got really, really cold. So, but, oh yeah, yeah, that's so, what... so. My my New Year's was pretty relaxed because I was still pretty exhausted from that. Mister fucking yeah. Bob oh, Vila so. over here. Yeah, no kidding. Measure you know, twice, cut once. <laughs> I did the uh, 
I did basically what you described, you know, before going into how you were constructive and pretty much didn't accomplish a whole lot for over the week in between. That's actually not true. I, did, I got, actually got quite a bit of work done because um, my uh, wife was off work, so I used that as an excuse to like, okay, well, I'm going to go down and spend a few hours actually catching up on some of the crap I have to do. So got a lot of stuff done for uh, the upcoming issue of the magazine, that being the Vanishing Point magazine that I am a co-editor mm -hmm. of, if anyone wants to check that out, um, throw a plug in there. And uh, got some stuff done for the podcasts and... Um, some other work I'm doing with a nonprofit organization that actually gets me a tiny paycheck. So we're, uh, but yeah, I got got caught up with a lot of my projects. So I shouldn't sell myself so short that I didn't do anything. I did did play catch up with my jobs. But it's a it's a great kind of in between period. I know it, it's it's jarring to a lot of people if you celebrate Christmas and New Year's and stuff. That time in between is just really weird. And yeah, most of the time. I use it to just kind of sit around and catch up on TV or something. So it's uh, e either or is fine. I don't know. The holidays, <laughs> yeah. even if you don't have a great big family gathering or something for Christmas, the holidays can be stressful no matter what. So it's I, uh, I, a good time to catch up on things. I will say I do regret going first on this list and because everyone's <laughs> just like, I got shit done. Me too. Ryan, what'd you do? Uh, I'm depressed and I played a video game from the 90s that just constantly kicks my ass. <laughs> it's like, well. <laughs> I didn't say they all had to be like, you know, carpentry. I would like to redact my so, statement from the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's your uh, form of, you know, holiday purgatory there, working your way up the hill or whatever. But so. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I've done really productive sense, things, but... but it's not in the forefront of my mind, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm yeah. just not well. mentioning the, the hours of, of crying while, you know, binge eating gallons of ice cream. No, not really. Yeah. Well, I do that in pairs. We, my, my partner and I, we work together at that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> we, get the we get the Kim's frozen yogurt. If you haven't had the Kim's frozen yogurt... It's the greatest fucking shit in, in the world. Holy shit. So silky smooth. Mm. And it's frozen yogurt, so you don't feel like yeah. a fat ass at the end of it. Yeah. I'm lying. Yeah. <laughs> when, when does the uh, when's the check come from there? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking trying. There's right now plug. I got the yeah. restraining order, so... <laughs> it's like, that's close that's a close second that's, I think. that's close as i'm gonna get to a check like... uh, they, they communicated with me in some form they got her gave me a restraining order they acknowledged my existence and then and, and you know what after the past couple of years that's all i can ask for as a there millennial a that's all we strive for is somebody to give us some recognition there, there was i was just reminds me there was a book that i came across one time I can't remember who wrote it, but the the it was a, there was a series of them. It was called Letters from a Nut, and like a literal a nut or a psychological no, nut. Psychological, like, like, a, okay. like a pistachio. Because well, I was thinking, would... is this like the memoir memoirs of Mr. Peanut? I didn't know how this was gonna go. Well, I I could make it full circle. So okay, perfect. It, it, the the book was a collection of letters where the author would write to companies, let's say planters. Okay. And complain about a product that didn't exist, but really <laughs> complain about it. 
And every time the company would respond by saying, we're not really sure what you're talking about, but we're sorry, I guess. Here are some free coupons. <laughs> and so he just started accumulating free shit by writing and complaining about things that didn't exist. <laughs> and it was one Genius. of the funniest damn things I think I've ever heard. Um, and I apparently can we start doing that. some pot, some movie reviews like that? Just complain about movies <laughs> that don't actually exist. Don't. I'm sure we will when we're doing like season 83, and we're yeah. just like yeah. advanced in our senility. <laughs> like, we're just fusing narratives together <laughs> at this point. We just go on Tubi and pick out some of the movies that like we've never seen, but we kind of threw in like the queue back when and just kind of make up what they're about. And you'd probably be pretty close to the mark. So. Right. Just based on the poster, this is what I think this movie's <laughs> Actually, about. Actually, based on some of those posters, you'd probably make up a much better movie than you're going to Usually get that's what it, happens. So. Looking at you, Full Moon. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, so. you know. I think with Full Moon, you you, you know what you're getting. Yeah, no, those yeah, are pretty. Op- get... Those are pretty honest. <laughs> in in some cases, the movie is better than the poster. <laughs> in a different Depending, way, yeah. yeah, in a different way. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah some some of the the more recent Full Moon ones though get a little bit more on the cartoonish side. But oh yeah. The, I yeah, don't know. they've definitely got a shtick of what they're doing now, and you know, there was something of a classic image to those early ones, like the Puppet Master and Demonic Toys and Doll Man and stuff. There was just kind of a, I don't know, there was something very unique about that era of movie poster mm-hmm. for like those. Well, it's like movies. a, it's it's like the gritty '90s VHS type. Yep. Yeah. That's straight to video. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's always like, like that yeah, haunting I, sound in the soundtrack too that goes with it. That's just like, yeah. uh-huh. they kind of maintained that even through their more recent stuff. That they still that it invokes that spirit, and I think that's what they're going on. So yeah. like you can smell yeah, the inside of the old derelict house they used to fi- like shoot like uh, shoot the movie in. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna say. I didn't know what I was gonna say. What does it smell like? Piss. It just smells like piss. Yeah, I yeah, just can't. Don't need a better description than that. Yeah, it's like when you look at all those fucking like Disney blankets from the '90s, Lion King, Pocahontas, you know, or Power, even Power Rangers. It's like, yeah, somehow I just know that this whole this image smells like piss based on the image of these sheets and comforters. Yeah. Well, it's like the oh, was it the in in the movies uh, back in like the '50s when they tried doing like you know. The gimmicks in the theaters, like the you know smellorama or whatever, where they oh yeah, although know. like William Castle. Oh god, the the uh, SpongeBob yeah. 4D where they just spray pickle juice in your face when you're at Noah's Ark. That's me I, connecting yeah, to this. So like that's that. like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. just like <laughs> no, that, that's that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, skeletons, the buzzers in the seats during the tingler. Yep. That, yeah, that yeah, that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, the tingler. There, there was a smell one one time where there was like these cards and during certain parts of the movie you know people would have to pull back a tab and they scratch something and scratch and sniff you know like somebody walks in the room with a bouquet of roses or some shit like that and you scratch off the one that smells like flowers um that yeah. sounds terrible it sounds like that the sounds... worst lottery fucking game ever <laughs> because yeah i mean imagine just doing it wrong right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> 
this smells like a barn. <laughs> um, and also, you know that those smells probably were pretty, like, a pale in comparison to what they were supposed to be. You know, like, banana-flavored candy doesn't taste like banana. I don't know oh, what it tastes like. We is. just call it banana, but it's not. Something Same oily. Yeah, a lot, it's like an oily. A lot of those taste. candy. Yeah. yeah. The smells are going to be the same way. Yeah. A lot of candy and, like, beverage, like, Kool-Aid kind of flavors of stuff. Like, they're named something, but that's not what they taste like. They taste like, well... This is an approximation. Like, yeah. <laughs> things taste purple or blue. Right. Like, it tastes more like that. Yeah. Anyway. So... So, yeah, speaking of things with uh, underwhelming posters that might smell like piss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like banana, but not really banana. It tastes like banana. We're going to talk about... We're well, nearly 13 last minutes in. Good job. <laughs> last week's episode. Uh, loosely paired with last week's episode uh, where we covered the movie Odd Thomas, um, we, uh, while talking about Odd Thomas, in fact, we brought up that it kind of reminded us of another film from right around uh not around the same time actually Ad thomas is fairly is a newer movie that was 2013 but uh another film that we were all familiar with and that is uh 2005's constantine yeah cold sure about this no <laughs> Mr. Constantine, I'd like to ask you a few questions. I know the circles you travel in, the occult, the exorcisms. Easy there, hero. That's Dragon's Breath. I thought you couldn't get it anymore. Oh, I, uh, <clears throat> I know a guy who knows a guy. I thought that you could at least point me in the right direction. Yeah, okay, sure. Please. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind? No direct contact with humans, that would be the rule. Just influence, see who would win. Demons stay in hell, angels in heaven. They call it the balance. I need to see what you see. You do this, there's no turning back. You see them, they see you, understand? So yeah, Constantine, starring Keanu Reeves, directed by Francis Lawrence, um, was an adaptation of the DC Vertigo comic Hellblazer, and uh, yeah, has a has a pretty decent cast: Rachel Weisz, Tilda Swinton, uh, Tilda Swinton, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, 
<laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. So, course, sorry, yeah. I can't help. That. No, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I, with I, it. Peter Stromer, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Digimon Hansu, and as as Joe uh, brought up earlier in the uh, pri- prior to recording today, uh, just realized that Gavin Rosdale was uh, of the uh, '90s post grunge band Bush. Actually, plays a uh, character in this movie in one of his few acting roles. So, yeah, that's uh, Constantine. Let me get you a quick uh, synopsis here, if you need one. Uh, as a suicide survivor, demon hunter John Constantine has literally been to hell and back, and he knows what that when he dies, he's got a one-way ticket to Satan's realm, unless he can earn enough goodwill to climb God's stairway to heaven. While helping policewoman Angela Dodson investigate her identical twin's apparent suicide, Constantine becomes caught up in a supernatural plot involving both demonic and angelic forces, based on DC Vertigo's Hellblazer comics. Yeah, as I mentioned. So, um, you know, yeah, that's a that, that loosely that based takes some liberties with the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the yeah, but more or yeah. less, yeah. You know, it was um, and watching this too, and I like this movie. But it did, like, remind me of all the similar occult, modern-day occult-like big-budget films, like Legion, Ghost Rider, um, yeah. shit like that. Like, I kept this thinking same about, feel. Um, I kept thinking about the similarities in places, too. We, we covered the movie The Prophecy, not too, which isn't mm-hmm. too much older than this. That was, like, late 90s, right? Mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely some similarities there as well. This was certainly, uh, I think when we when we talked about the prophecy, we we talked about the prevalence of kind of biblical mythology movies at the time, and I think like as Ryan was saying, there was obviously a resurgence of that right around this time because yeah, there were a whole bunch of these. Again. Yeah, it was these kind of re- what if what if the Matrix was even more religious, or just like what if they just <laughs> came right out with the Judeo Christian imagery in the Matrix? What if we just threw it at you um mm-hmm. by what if god was an asshole avenging angels <laughs> like yeah well yeah, yeah. What was like... paul bentley was in a couple of was like preacher not preacher priest and legion oh yeah and this uh yeah there were a whole bunch of these kind of like angels with machine guns but they're gold-plated you know and, um, <laughs> but this one was i think among the first if i'm not mistaken and really a lot of them were yeah. i think trying to you know repeat a bit of, of what was going on with the Matrix with like the style of, yeah. of fighting and stuff like that but this one well, I think this this is kind of twofold because not only do you have the Matrix influence I mean obviously Keanu yeah. Reeves being in the starring role is a big influence there but st- style wise they uh, pull some uh, pull stuff from some of those movies but you also have the resurgence or the, the kind of rebirth of the comic book film coming yeah. off of Blade in 99, 2000. But this is certainly in the aftermath of that as we see this kind of first wave of um, Marvel Studios and, and this being a DC um, mm-hmm. movie. But yeah, the comic book movies kind of coming to the first resurgence. So we got like Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, the Blade movies. I mean, um, Cat, this is, Catwoman yeah. came out the year before this movie, so that's where DC was trained. <laughs> right. This is, like, where you start to see, I don't say not this movie, but around this time, DC wasn't really doing a lot of strong. A lot of vertigo, though. They were doing know. a lot of vertigo, and, yeah. like, they were a lot of hit and misses. Uh, but Constantine well, felt, like, actually pretty fun, 
as a person who didn't know that Hellblazer was a comic at this time, I thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed this movie. And I think a lot of people my age, this was the gateway to Hellblazer. Yeah. And and I th- yeah. and and it's I I'm one thing just I don't want to, you know, totally derail and talk about that character in the comics and you know stuff like that, but um one of the reasons why they didn't call this movie Hellblazer um, was because they didn't want people to get it confused with Hellraiser, <laughs> which yeah, apparently, yeah. incidentally, is the original name that Alan Moore wanted when he co-created the Hellblazer comic book. They wanted to call it Hellraiser, but that movie had just come out, and so they were like, well, fuck it, we'll call it something else. Uh, and they ended up calling it Hellblazer. But I, with the movie, they didn't want to bother. Um, Poor Alan yeah, Moore. So Alan many Moore of his and, movies and, around this time. All of them. Does he? Yeah. He doesn't. Well, he want had his, his name removed from yeah, this no. as well. Which I mean, he, he has. He hasn't really been wrong in many of these cases, unfortunately. But I all. think he also just kind of finds film versions of comic book characters to be somewhat pointless. Like well, he, he it goes against the like... point of the medium. He, he like he yeah. made these stories to show what you can do in comics and nowhere else. And mm, nobody yeah. like bothered to care, <laughs> so yeah, it's so, just like, well, fuck yeah. you, and I'm done. Yeah, so he just he, yeah, wants his name off of everything. But yeah, this came well, out bang up adaptations like you know the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. I can't really blame him for <laughs> no, not at all. But so. you know, next the, um, the junkyard. <laughs> but <laughs> if you think about like this came out in like 2005, so. Let's see. V for Vendetta would come out shortly afterward. Watchmen yeah. came out four years afterward. Watchmen came out afterward. And, you know, yeah, so there is this kind of resurgence. You're right. It's comic book movies, but they're now they're but starting prior to, like, the, the, you know, the big Marvel Disney right. thing, you know. Ghostwriter Ghost was out in 07, I think, so two years yeah. after this. Yep. Yeah, we could put yep. Ghost Rider in there. So yeah, they're doing. So this is a lot kind of, of like they've already they've already spiked. We've seen the 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 Spider Man films. We've seen the X Men films. Um, the X Men films have already started to get bad, <laughs> or go downhill. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like go downhill. Um, Two thousand seven, the... I think, is when the Last Stand came out. So yeah. Like oh, okay, the... so that was after. So actually, the the first two aren't 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 terrible movies, but. No, yeah. um, but yeah, so so we've kind of seen a heyday, and we were already watching it kind of like balloon in out of control into like these offshoots into things like yeah, like the Nick Cage Ghost Rider movie and Catwoman and <laughs> like all the ones we've mentioned. So this one certainly sits in between those two uh, extremes. I think it's certainly not Catwoman or no. As much as I have a certain kind of love for the the Nick Cage Ghost Rider movies, they're not you know. They're not high art necessarily. So. No. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing the one scene I, where he's lifting his nose and doing the chomping in the mirror. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Oh, look, he's preparing um, for his role in Pig. But what's what's kind of this? I I one thing I've always admired about this film because I'll admit when I first saw it, I think my my wife and I went and saw this in theaters and we were dating, and we both walked out of it really liking it. There's some really cool um, artistic decisions made for like how oh, they yeah. portray demons is really cool. Like there, there's definitely like a Hieronymus Bosch influence on on hell in some ways. In this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Design concept wise, it's really cool. I think it falls yeah. into the um, traps of 
unfortunately dated CGI in a lot of places, but the the concept art, like the the well, the, the practical design of it is very cool. Yeah. The practical effects are very cool too. Yeah, but. yeah. So I remember liking it, but ended up finding this was like right around the time I was like, oh, you can download movies, like pirated movies, and I got a really shitty cut of this um that I, I you know got through a torrent or something like that where i think you could tell it was you know shot in a in a theater on a camcorder um <laughs> but i i watched it quite a lot was, this was one that the more i watched it the more i liked it and i'm i'm glad we're talking about this one tonight because you know for everything with comic book movies being still you know a, a mega thing when it comes to, to the film industry right now um and and we're we're finding out, of course that's an audience that can be really particular, <laughs> you, you yeah, know, no to way. put it mildly. <laughs> Yet here's an example of a movie that they totally deviate from the source material in like the way the character is designed and their background and a whole bunch of these aspects. Mm-hmm. Because Keanu Reeves does not look like John Constantine in the comics. He doesn't sound like him. There's it doesn't even really act. There's like a lot even, of right liberties. Yeah, but. Yeah, it still works. Is if you don't care it, that it's not like that he's not blonde and British and bisexual, then it does. Who cares? You know. Yeah. Well, it a lot still of works. Pe- a lot of people hate on this movie because of that. I, I guess I, it, I yeah. I've seen a lot of hate on this movie mainly because it's like this is not uh, the John Constantine I read from the Hellblazing comics, and it's just like no. But yeah, outside I mean, of that, like I said, if you never actually read the comics or even knew they existed as a movie, that's actually kind of fun and kind of fresh. And it, it's not like this is drastically different than what one might see in a a one shot. Yeah. In in comic books, you know, sometimes like they did like a, you know, what if Superman was, you know, he's just by the Soviets, like, like, you know, Red Sun. What if John Constantine um, was an American, played by Keanu Reeves, who lived in Los Angeles? <laughs> like, there. He's in a different Earth. Done. Yeah. What if Batman I took mean, place during Victorian London? You know, it's like, okay, cool, is, we can adapt it. Now here's John Constantine in L.A., and he's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's totally a comment coming from 2022, because I never would have thought of this in 2005. Dropping the sexuality aspect kind of, you know, could... And not that we we know for certain that the Keanu Reeves character doesn't isn't bisexual. Right. Um, we don't know that for sure, but it's certainly not a, a an important piece of this film or, or displayed in any way in this film. So from a representation representation aspect, we could say, well, that was you know they had an opportunity there that they didn't they didn't take. Um, right. It was 2005, and in the end, I'm not sure it's super important to what goes on in this movie. Um, I so I was just it, go ahead. Sorry. I don't. Really... I was going to say total hindsight comment because I think in 2005 that would have worried me very little. Unfortunately, I think that's something that we've all learned. Um, you know, hopefully we're better people now. But <laughs> one always hopes. Uh, I was mm. going to say that's what, something I was thinking about when I was watching this because it's like, yeah, I, I remember John Constantine in the comics being bisexual, not being an important actual thing. It's not like a, a slight mention. Like he actually had relationships of mm-hmm. both sexes. Um, and beyond, I think, wasn't it? But anyways, in this, like... <laughs> yeah, I think so. And in a lot of this, they keep talking... In this movie, they he keeps being told 
by like, oh yeah, you're going to hell for all the fucking bad things you've done. And it's just like, okay, we know he's going to hell because he committed suicide um, back when he was a kid or a young adult or teenager or whatever. And it's like, that was the greatest mm-hmm. sin. But they keep saying you're going to hell because of all this shit you rack up. And I'm like thinking like, he's an asshole, sure, but... Like, what other evil things has he done? But they really lean heavy on the, like, Catholicism aspect of the rules. Yeah. And I'm like, is it because he's also slept with men? <laughs> is that another reason he's going yeah. to hell and they're just talking about it? Because I'm like, what the fuck? I think um, it's just more a script device, but... I think it, um, it is, it is. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things you can that when you think that. about something, it's just like... Yeah. yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> There's and supposedly they filmed scenes uh, with Constantine having a lover that was yeah. a half like a half demon uh, Ellie woman yeah. played by Michelle Monaghan in the um, but uh, was cut from the film so they wanted to make him more of a lonely brooder which they I mean they did a good job with because that's <laughs> that's how he comes off in this right. so I mean the movie does try to play with um, at the very most it tries to play with androgyny. Which is kind of fun. Well, oh, with Gabriel, and, yeah. and Gabriel. With Gabriel, yeah. for sh- heavily, for sure. And I think this is the first time I've actually seen a Tilda role mm-hmm. uh, was with... Me with too. Const- it was the first time I remember her, like distinctly remember her, because she's fantastic in this movie. She might be the best thing about it. Yeah, she's yeah. great. But Tilda's always great. Yeah. I mean, well, yes, she is. You're right. <laughs> the, the cast in general on, on this one is... You know, you know, it's a, some heavy hitters. Like I said, a, a, yeah. a kind of an early Shia LaBeouf before he oh, yeah. became more of the artist that he is now. At least you know, show or whatever. Yeah. Um, is this before or after he started eating people? No, I think. Sorry, that's <laughs> um, a, that's a this is Chad Kramer right asshole. Keep just bringing up that, that finger licking good viral video <laughs> from long ago that no one even probably remembers. I do. Well, I, he I, does. I keep it's every time amazing. you bring it up. <laughs> uh, but uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince as well, who plays Father Hennessy. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. 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 And he just passed away, I believe. No, he didn't. Oh my God, I thought he just killed him. <laughs> I just killed him off. No, uh, but no, he's been in. Oh gosh, he was. You know, uh, Jacob's Ladder. I remember him in Mississippi Burning. Yeah. Um, I remember him in a lot of stuff, mostly prior to this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this this one has got the huge caddy. And then Gavin Rosdale. So, uh, he plays Balthazar, this, like, half-demon, right? Mm-hmm. And I I never liked Bush, the band. And I just, I didn't like their music. And I really didn't like Gavin Rosdale because I was jealous that that Gwen Stefani um, <laughs> married him. Um, because I had a crush on her when I was younger. And so, like... I never even realized that was Gavin Rosdale. All the time. I've seen mm-hmm. this movie dozens of times, and I never realized that was Gavin Rosdale. I was just like, oh, yeah, this demon's kind of a dick. And I'm like, oh, it's Gavin Rosdale. I, I learned that today and went, oh, yeah. What do you know? Yeah. Yeah, I being a fan of that band uh, growing up and then marrying somebody who is a mega fan of that band and of, of Gavin Rosdale's... Um, I was very aware of, of this even prior to this movie coming out that he was going to be in this movie. And I was kind of like, oh, that's weird because I didn't know he was an actor. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, okay, well, he's not. So, <laughs> um, but it is second viewing of this. I think this is only the second time I've seen it. He's 
he's very obviously, you know, kind of the weakest link because the cast is actually pretty good, but he's not terrible. He's, he's not got terrible. about ten lines. He's fine. He's, he plays um, a gross he's demon certainly, pretty well. Like, yeah, just an annoying... He's certainly got a look, like, a, and, and more, more so than even, like, himself, but, like, kind of, they, they really play up kind of the swarthy, you know, thing for Balthazar, and I think it, he works for it. Um, yeah, he kind of seems like a bro, and, a little too sure yeah, of himself. Yeah, yeah. Right, and he's he, as a person or as a, as a public persona, as a musician, he's got a little bit of that to him anyway. Okay. Um, I, I mean, kind of. That's probably not fair. But oh, I don't, he, I don't, yeah, I never anyway, knew who this so. was. I had to look him up literally when you guys brought it up before we recorded. I'm like, I have yeah, no idea who the yeah. fuck this is. Bush. Yep. Never listened to them. I'm aware that they exist. That's as far as never gone. So you can say whatever you want about them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool no, I mean, I, it's a. Uh, yeah, he's he's serviceable. He's fine in this movie. I think that's as far as I would go. I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, um, but he he's shy as a comparison because we're talking about like there are some wonderful performances from people in here. Keanu Reeves does does Keanu Reeves, and he's he's fine. If you're into what he does, he's he's good. Uh, we already mentioned Tilda Swinton, who just like knocks it out of the park. Um, I don't know if we're going in any kind of like narrative order here, but bringing up Peter Stromer's performance has to be done <laughs> because uh, Peter Stromer as, as the devil, as Satan in this movie, is. I always go back and forth, and this my my brain kept going back to the prophecy, and this is another reason yeah. is I I think my favorite two depictions of the devil in a like mythological um, kind of religious movie like this. Um, are those two movies? So Viggo yeah. Mortensen in, in in the Prophecy, and then uh, Peter Stromer in here, which I'm pretty sure when we talked about Vigo's performance in the Prophecy, we referenced Peter Stromer in this movie. I don't know. You'll have to go way back to that episode and find out. But um, that sounds like something we would have said. But yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> if we didn't, I don't know what yeah. we were thinking. But well, yes. and it, I I totally agree. Peter Stromer as Lucifer in this is just so. I don't know. There's an impishness to it. Um, yeah, like a mischievous, uh, but like, like a, a, an untrustworthy insanity. Um, I like yeah, kind of like you. The you know, like I feel like a he's child. Around. He, he's kind of like a child who likes to torture things. Yeah, yeah. If you have to like be a, around a person that's uncomfortable, like I don't know, because they're you kind of don't trust their sanity or you don't find them unpredictable, like don't know what they're going to do next. He's got that energy, and that energy makes me nervous, but it actually works really well for that character. But yet, he's also kind of fun and playful with it at the same time. But I think you feel that threat that like there is something there that could suddenly become dangerous. It's unpredictable. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Has and, he uh, played the devil yeah. more than once? I swear, I swear he had to have played the devil <laughs> more than once. Not just in this movie, but like in general. I... I can't remember seeing him play the devil. He's played some interesting roles. Um, What's the last thing I saw him in that I thought he was just perfectly appropriate? Oh, he was in the American Gods series. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and just perfectly, like when I read American Gods, like maybe I didn't picture Peter Stromer, but when he showed up in that role, I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, it's Cernabog? <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah. But, well, like, I mean, where, I think where you have my Keanu first... Reeves playing Keanu Reeves, you have Peter playing Peter. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's the way I see it, too. Yeah, kind of. That's, yeah, he, he does have that. Uh, yeah, the first thing I ever saw Peter Stormare in, I think, was was Fargo. 
Yeah, and same. you know where he plays another. Well, he plays a villain really well, or like these really bizarre. You know, he uh, plays bizarre characters well. I mean, shit, Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Enough said. Um, Armageddon is when I first saw him in anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> he plays <laughs> yeah. the angry Russian. <laughs> yep. I always come back to the George Romero film Bruiser, where he yep. is like kind of the the villain of the piece, if there is one. Um, he, but he's just he is. On unlike, if you want to unhinge European times ten in that movie, yeah. So, if you yeah. want to unhinge European, it's always you just go to him. But in this movie, he has an American accent as Lucifer. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's this weird yeah, kind of, kind of nasally. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's really different, and I love the little subtle touches. Like, you know, he he does descend down. But there's like this tar dripping from his feet, but he's wearing the nice suit and the white yeah. mm-hmm. suit, all white. And yeah. he has like these the ugly fucking tattoos, neck tattoos, and or something tattoos. going yeah. up there. Yeah, looks like he's been on a bender. And he's like slicking um, his hair back. <laughs> yeah, kind of like yeah. a grody crime boss of of sorts. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better scenes of the movie. Um, there's also yeah. a really really good scene with. Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weiss when he shows lets her get a glimpse of hell and with the bath yes oh yeah mm-hmm. that's that's a really well done scene it's very effective it's uncomfortable um you know but the, yeah but the movie never takes itself too seriously it's like everything does definitely feel tongue-in-cheek like it knows it's pretty corny I was gonna like I think I, you know we lightly like well, Eric lately said like Keanu Reeves is being Keanu Reeves, but like, I don't know. He really, I think this is one of my favorite roles that Keanu has ever been in, to be honest with you. Like to see him just to be like an asshole, I don't know what it is. But he's really not yeah, that big I, of an asshole. <laughs> no, he's yeah, just, he's just I feel a like he jerk, could have been a little. Really. Yeah, this is crappy. And that's the thing is, I feel like. They changed the character of John Constantine. That doesn't bother me a whole lot, but it's almost like they changed it to fit Keanu Reeves. So Keanu Reeves didn't have to play John Constantine. They changed John Constantine to be Keanu Reeves. And that just seemed like a weird choice. But he was he was also an it actor at the point, you know, when this uh, yeah. came out. And and I always enjoy him. It, it, saying When I say, like, Keanu Reeves is doing his thing, he's being Keanu Reeves, that's not necessarily a bad thing in my book. Like, I think I think he's fine in this movie, if uh, if not good. It just, um, it's interesting. It's an interesting take on the character, and it feels like they kind of form-fit it to him. Possibly, which yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I saw... One thing I... I was going to say, I saw him in an interview recently. Like, by recently, it was for uh, the Matrix, whatever. I think he was interviewed mm-hmm. by Colbert. And he was asked, like, if there was any movie role that he would like to revisit ever. And he did this, like, kind of, like, sad smile. And he was like, I, he goes, there is one, but I know it's never going to happen and it makes me sad. But I would really love to be able to make another Constantine movie. I would really like to be able to play John Constantine again. Mm-hmm. There, there's been a resurgence of popularity of this film. Actually, I wouldn't say that's totally out of the you know, realm of possibility. I'm not sure we're going to see it like next year or anything. No. But um, well, well it'd be it'd be it's... easy. They could just, I don't know, 
the way that that movies work nowadays they could in the new flash movies since they're already going to be going into like multiverses they could just have fucking keanu reeves show up as constantine and blink and everybody go oh my god this is great (laughs) i think so like it's established it I think, like, an actual role, like, another movie, I think, oh, just yeah. based in this universe would be cool. To see, like, an older Keanu Constantine. Yeah. S- still at it. Yeah. Like, still still smoking and being an asshole. But, well, I guess at the end he gives it up, doesn't he? He has the piece of gum. But, but like, they so. they say, like, in the beginning of that one, it's like, you're young and you're going to die. But in, like I mean, in the, in, if they did another one with him, it's like you're old. When you when are you when are you gonna die? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> just die already. He's got the retirement cop like fucking attitude. Like I'm too old for this shit. Kind of grizzle. Mm. I could I could see it working. I'm just it, saying. It need to be yeah. I would watch it. This, uh, I want Keanu to revisit it. One thing I appreciated about this movie, actually, and this isn't entirely related to what we were just talking about, but is that unlike almost anything in this genre, like even like like fantasy science fiction films, period, this movie never takes like one scene and like info dumps you on everything that's going on. Yeah. It gradually kind of like builds its narrative. And at times it's almost a little annoying. I feel like we don't get to know enough fast enough because all of a sudden there's shit going on and it's like i mean we generally get it heaven hell you know suicide constantine exorcist da 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 da. um but it it does it just kind of plants kernels and then eventually it grows into the uh you know into the story that it tells and that i feel was like kind of bold at the time because Literally, like, every movie will start. Like, I'm surprised this didn't start. It did start with, like, a tiny bit of voiceover. It ends with a tiny bit of voiceover, too. But it's all just about his suicide and his, like, situation. Yeah. It does not go into, like, all the intricacies of heaven and hell and all of the demons and all that. That kind of comes out as uh, Rachel Weiss's character. Um, it's more organic. What is her name in that? But, yeah. yeah Angela. Um, more, it, yeah. Yeah, Angela, that's right. I kept trying to say Isabel, but that's the twin Isabel's sister. Isabel's the twin, yeah. Um, that's how they have it yeah. listed, too. That's the first thing listed when looking at her and the yeah. cast. <laughs> but, yeah, it just kind of gradually unfolds, which honestly is, you know, storytelling-wise is, in my book, preferable to, like, having a scene where he, like, lays it all out for her. It's like, no, that's... Especially somebody like this Constantine in this movie, he's not the lay-it-all-out kind of guy, right? He's going to... He's trying to push everybody away. The the, the closest like, moment to something like that is when when the two of them are walking down the street and he's like, okay, you know, hypothetical. You know, and he, he kind of... But at that point, you already kind of have an inkling of what's going on. He just kind of, like, clar- clarifies. Mm-hmm. But it's not just a big info dump. You, you're already kind of seeing and hearing some of the rules and there's that one scene where it's just kind of a let's clarify things. Here's a good moment. Because it's right before, um, let's see, it's right, it's before they do the, um, the bathtub thing. Yeah. So, but that's the closest thing. Yeah, but, but he does, he just kind of like, but, but it's never like a big long, like, here's the whole deal, I'm going to explain the entire universe to you. It's kind of like, he'll be like, as it becomes relevant, he'll like throw out a couple like, well, this is, you know, yeah, here's what you need to know to get through this, like. So, so, so it kind of gradually unfolds. There's never a whole lot of, like, what I would actually call mystery about it, but it at least lets the story tell itself instead of just what yeah. we usually get. 
you know. Well, and I think that. there's, you know, like even with with the character of Chaz, you know, from Shia LaBeouf, who's like this mentee in a way, yeah, and and driver for for Constantine. Um, you, Although I could have used a little more information about that relationship there. I'm not sure what, what exactly that's all about. Well, why I kind of got the teenager have this cab, and why is he driving it with Constantine? Yeah, yeah, and but I. <laughs> I kind of feel like the basis of it, like you get the point that he's a like a, a mentor mentee type relationship, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there isn't really anything. But but a lot of these characters have weird little quirky backstory things that they don't tell you. Um, yeah, you know the 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 reverend, who clearly has some powers himself. Oh yeah, Father yep. Henry or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. he's able to like look into the like. He's able to manipulate that corpse to kind of look back into what happened to Isabel and and see the, mm-hmm. yeah, so. yeah, yeah. A well, lot of these characters, that, so. um, you know. Wait, I was just applauding this movie for it. Now I'm a little, I'm getting a little annoyed with it. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> well, even Jimon uh, Hansu, always mispronounce yep, his name. Jimon Hansu. Uh, yeah, he, um, his character Midnight. again. Yeah, yeah, Papa Midnight. Everybody, they they all do have these little quirks. Which is kind of mm-hmm. cool, like, and you don't need to know the whole bag. Like, they don't, you don't learn anything about going back to Gavin Rosdell's character. You don't learn anything about Balthazar, really. No, except what Constantine gives you. Yeah, like, that's that they don't like each which other, which is not much. It's just kind of like, yeah, we we don't trust him, and he's, yeah, and in between trying to play both sides. Well, I think a lot of that goes back to like what we we're saying. Like, this is well casted, and like a lot of these actors, like they, when they're performances the small little things that they do visually help build this characterization and this feeling of like you know this character without actually really knowing anything about certain characters like fuck right away you know how lucifer is just based on like his appearance and his like the subtle little ways that he mocks and just fiddles with shit or that yeah. or papa midnight like his this this stern like someone who's probably much older than he appears. Uh, what what did John call him? Like while you're out here pretending to be Switzerland, type of like someone who's like <laughs> trying to maintain the balance when clearly it's well beyond, and it's just like it's pointless for you to keep trying. But he sta- he stands firm on his on his on his beliefs on that in a raging manner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, what else have can we either say? of you? Yes. It, I was going to ask: Have either of you seen Matt Reeves, who's another actor who's taken on this role of John Constantine, which is a little more comic accurate? No, uh, but I've heard seen good that. things. No, I've never. I haven't. I've seen. I've seen photos of him as the character. He looks more like him, but that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> From what I've seen, definitely a closer persona, but not any better or worse than than this, which I think is yeah. it's like th- that's why I said this movie really does have that going for it. Where for people that you know, if you could, this is a good test. Like if you can just put that difference aside, if you're capable of saying, okay, it's not going to be the exact same character, you can still get a really good story that hits a lot of the same notes. In fact, a lot of these characters in here, like Papa Midnight. Were never in uh, Hellblazer comics, but they were in like related shared universes, so they just brought them in. So I agree, mm. this was really bold filmmaking 
for comic book movies, I don't want to say being in their infancy, but they hadn't really found their footing yet. There's an example of one that was trying to do something really quite different with it as almost an art form. Yeah. Well, yeah, it certainly tapped into some other things and, and pulled in... Well, just just the simple fact that it placed so many characters and didn't give you, like, everything you needed to know about them and didn't dispose of them instantly had the idea that the writer... Um, probably wanted to do more with it later like they were they were kind of setting up some pieces so that eventually um they could develop more if they're if they did have the opportunity to make a sequel or whatever mm-hmm. you um, know i i'm skimming so yeah, i'm skimming forward and seeing about rumors about potential sequels throughout the years mentioned and one of them uh was back in november 2012 where uh, del toro was going to be signed on to write and direct for a justice league dark film with Con- mm-hmm. John Constantine as a main. Like, the idea of Del Toro doing a Constantine, uh, just, yes. Like, yeah. I why mean, not already? For... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would totally be down for that. But, I mean... But so. fuck, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this one... Um, God, I, I, it's funny. Like I said, I watched this one a lot year or two after it came out um, it was kind of on a regular rotation for some reason and then I think this is the first time I've watched it since like 2006 or 7 and mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's it's this has been a fun one to revisit um, especially kind of seeing the state of comic book movies today compared to then um, comparing it to other films the ones that we've already commented on that you know came out around this time it was, it was really quite um quite jarring uh, in some ways do you guys want to hear a trivia bit and i think it's relevant absolutely um warner brothers hoped that nicholas cage would be the lead role in this movie at this time uh so (laughs) i thought that was kind of a funny little is that why they passed ghostwriter on to him later uh, maybe i don't know maybe yeah, so no, i don't even know if that's the same studio honestly but so so throw the image that's a marvel property of keanu reeves in his long trench coat and black tie but just put the pig face from hell uh ghostwriter with nick cage on it <laughs> <laughs> it just just him i honestly if in this portrayal of John Constantine, what Keanu Reeves gives us, I could see Nicolas Cage actually being okay, like not laughably bad in in right. this role. But yeah, I, I I guess I'm glad they went with Keanu Reeves at the end of the day. So yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I and you, I think you're going to be few and far between to hear people say that. Actually, to get three people in the same room that are into these kind of movies that agree that this was a good choice. <laughs> it's probably pretty rare because this is kind of the thing that like that's usually the stumbling point when you talk to people about Constantine um, it's like yeah but Keanu Reeves he doesn't look anything like him it's like yeah you're right he doesn't it's like yeah and that's 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 it that's like the biggest hang up people have and that's a weird hang up to have about an entire movie but yeah yeah and it's strange how with a lot of comic book movies or comic book characters in movies uh, that you know are based on all the source material, a lot of these characters, some of them have been around so long. There's a wide variety of different you know incantations of them, um, you know, or different different versions of them, so to speak. I, I I don't get why 
people get so why they pick and choose what they're offended about like look at something like batman um one thing that we've never really had done really 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 well i feel in a batman movie is show him being the world's greatest detective like yeah. they've done hints at stuff but they've never really a lot of the times it's like ah the computer did it no like show him collecting more clues they've done a little bit of movies it's, but they've never that's never been the focus like the comics were the, for so long the animated series did so well yeah yeah that's never really been done on the big screen right yeah. well allegedly that the, that's what we're supposed to be getting with the right Batman, that's so. that's what i've heard so we'll see yeah. i mean i hope so that'd be cool but how come nobody i don't ever hear anybody shitting on a batman movie for that like oh, oh they totally right. fucked up the character they don't have him doing enough detective work i never hear that but i'll hear it in no. this you know, yeah. it's, it's, I don't get it. You know, like, oh, you know, the Hugh Jackman doesn't look anything like Wolverine. He's not wearing the yellow suit. Yeah, probably a good reason. <laughs> probably because that would look ridiculous. <laughs> I, I actually remember people making that criticism when the uh, X-Men movie came out. that They didn't like that they weren't in the, you know, comic accurate suits. It's like, do you really want to see that on screen? Does that really sound like it's going to translate well? But Well, then they tried it. Yeah. In first class, and it looks... You have to date the movie that old to make that work. Yep. yep. You know? Yep. So, it just doesn't work with modern. It would look a little funky. They but, also did it at the end of Age of Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I mean, I'm sure certain people yeah. are, like, quite... Like, this is great! And then, <laughs> like... Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of people out there who are just sticklers for, like, I want the original. It needs to be the original. Like, with the transformation of Black Manta from, like, the first Aquaman movie and oh, yeah. seeing clips of, like, the the new one coming out and how they kind of, like, yeah, we made the Manta more comic accurate. And I'm like, um, first movie, you had him wearing thick-ass armor, which makes sense in a pressure, in a heavily, uh, sorry, a dense pressure environment that can crush a human it makes sense that he would be in some thick diver suit uh but now he's just wearing skin and uh just has the giant silver head and like yeah it's more comic accurate that's great right i'm like mm, not this time yeah, just wait they'll, they'll yeah. maybe they'll explain it you know i mean hell they did it with the marvel films like oh nanobots that's all you have to do it now it's a super suit and it does you know who knows we'll see how it what they do with it that's a that's a yeah. throwaway line of dialogue that could fix that whole problem. Just say <laughs> nanobots. <laughs> Just say, oh yeah, why is it form fitted? Nanobots. Oh, so they're probably super strong too, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, because yeah. <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I can't get too picky about the costume being scientifically accurate when we're talking about the guy who shoots red lasers out of his you know chrome helmet. I don't okay. know why you were gonna say crotch. You, when you started with Chrome, I thought you were going to say crotch. <laughs> no. <laughs> My no. brain jumped ahead. <laughs> and like... But, you know, and it's the same thing with, with this movie. It's like there was nothing really particularly... Th there was a wit to John Constantine in the comics, you know, with this kind of British, cocky, you know, you know character. Okay, well, you're not using that actor. And I, I do agree. I think this was kind of molded more around Keanu Reeves, and I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Because it, is it still like a, a a kind of a jerk or grumpy, uh, you know, exorcist 
who's kind of a loner and he's got to deal with all this weird shit and this is his whole subworld he deals with. Yeah, okay, then it's the same story. Yeah. Um, let's put it this way. If they were to change all the names and not call him John Constantine and call him something else and, you know, totally rename the movie, everybody would be accusing it of being a ripoff of Hellblazer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Know. So it's yeah, it'd fine. Be, does it... At the end of the day, it does kind of make you miss like what they could have done with a big screen adaptation of the of the character from the comic book. But I don't think that makes that in itself makes the movie bad. I'm not gonna say the movie's fantastic, but I don't. I, I mean, I when I saw this in 2005, I was not super familiar with that character anyway. I knew it existed, but that was about it. Like I had maybe owned an issue of it that I got in like a grab bag kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I I didn't have much familiarity with with the Hellblazer comics at all. So that really made no difference to me. In fact, this depiction of him was close enough that it it like covered my knowledge gap of, you know, between the comics and the movie. So that was fine. It wasn't something that I tripped over a lot, but it's it's definitely the thing that I hear the most complaining about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are things to complain about in this movie, and that's really I don't think that's not a big one. Yeah. Well, do do we want to get into any final thoughts and grades to discuss those problems? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll jump in. A uh, f- couple final thoughts. Um, I think it's really interesting, uh, an interesting decision uh, at the end, and it was it was news to me that the devil can actually extract cancer from you. So we're all in the wrong religion. Uh, most people <laughs> right. are wasting their time. So all you got to do is get the devil to show up, and he can actually rip the cancer out of your lungs. Looks kind of painful, but only takes a few seconds. So uh, yeah. just so, don't get to say just, just so cancer. you all know that's but, the one, right? Yeah, or yeah, prostate. yeah. Well, well, I mean, he only took the cancer, so so I know. it's just a <laughs> anyhow. Yeah, but he probably uh, also the crabs. You know, speaking <laughs> of, <laughs> I'm just saying, if it was prostate cancer, it'd be a much different cinematic event. Yeah. Yes, true. <laughs> Speaking of good heretical lines in this as well, I like the, I love the uh, line in here that uh, I don't remember what um, Angela says to him about God, but he just looks at her and says, God is a kid with an ant farm. And uh, I enjoyed enjoyed that piece yeah. of dialogue. <laughs> just, just picking out a piece of dialogue that I liked quite a bit uh, from it. So otherwise, I guess... Uh, Besides reiterating a hundred times that Tilda Swinton is amazing in this movie and kind of makes it for me. Um, and she's only in two scenes. The, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> like, And that's what I remember from it is like, oh, yeah, she was really good in that she movie. She makes so, and Peter Stromer as well. Yeah. Um, the plot of this movie is really kind of thin. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do a whole lot. But I appreciate that it it is told in a way that it kind of – it gets you there slowly enough that it kind of the Constantine character, especially in this iteration, but even in the Hellblazer iteration, kind of has a hard-boiled, uh, not quite detective, but he's he's got certainly got that kind of hard-boiled detective kind of thing to him, and I think that uh, allowing it to play out kind of like a mystery, a little bit of a noir aspect to it, um, makes it kind of work, even though there's not a whole lot going on here. It's really him just, you know, r- redeeming one person uh, from hell with the uh, kind of tacked-on subplot, as, as great as Tilda Swinton is, about Gabriel, you know, attempting to 
um, let loose the demons on the world and take over. Yeah, and I, you know, that's it. Kind of is an afterthought, like the whole like biblical war thing boiling in the background. So, um, it kind of serves as a it's an origin story for Constantine, which which a lot of these films did because I do think they had the ambition to eventually become. Um, you know, to these to become franchises. I don't know if they were ever going to you know share universes with their other films, but uh, certainly I think they were thinking of what they were going to do with two, three films down the line if this were to be a successful movie. Um, so we don't get a whole lot more than an. And it's not an origin story per se, but it's an introduction to the character, and that's really all you get out of this whole movie. Yeah. Um, Keanu Reeves, as much as I we we've kind of justified this, I think in general he's he's. He's a little, uh, I don't want to say miscast because I don't mind what he does with it, but it just putting this whole, building this whole movie around Keanu Reeves as a person or as an actor is kind of a strange decision, but generally I like him enough and he, uh, you know, he, he, I end up liking the character enough because of Keanu Reeves that I, I can let it go. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I compare this to something like Blade, which is another movie I feel kind of like, kind of in the same range about. Like, I think it's generally a pretty good movie, but it, it, it you know, in hindsight, it's got, it's got some stuff that it's like, eh, kind of so-so. Um, I think Blade is superior to it in a couple of ways because it's got better action scenes, and uh, when it gets into the second um, Blade, Blade Two, I think has some special effects that are kind of cool as well. Although that certainly dies from uh, has some dated CGI in it as well. Um, I guess my general is getting I'm getting long here. I wrote a lot of notes in my like final <laughs> final. Uh, I didn't write a lot while I was watching it, and then I like got it all out at the end. Um, but the I think in general this movie is watchable. Uh, it's it's got sprinkled in like some really fantastic performances it's got some really cool design concepts the the kind of heaven and hell mythology stuff is is uh we've seen it a hundred times in movies uh, at this point but this this has a kind of fresh take that that i don't know just kind of looks cool it's got a cool look to it um the story is a bit dull but i think there's enough stuff to keep me around i think i'm gonna land it like about a C plus on this one, which is higher than I thought I was gonna go. It's it's better than my memory told me this movie was. So, um, I, I so although a C plus sounds a little bit low, I feel like that that's kind of an optimistic C plus. That uh, yeah, I feel like this one grew on me um, since the last time. Hmm. What do you think, Ryan? Um, I'm probably not gonna go as in depth as Eric did with this because uh, he took notes. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not. Um, this movie, uh, I've seen it like called a theological noir action spiritual shoot 'em up, and that's exactly what this is. Uh, and uh, it's a very fun one. And there was a lot of these type of things at this time, um, but this this was the one that actually I think caught my attention. This came out when I was like fifteen, um, so it's just like yeah, I was I was definitely in that group of teen boys as well as my my friends around me who yeah let's watch let's watch constantine and it became one of those movies that like over time like it would just show up randomly on tv sets uh cable whatever and it was always a nice movie to have on in the background it was one of those movies that i'm like if somebody's like hey i'm gonna throw on constantine i would never be like ah, oh, not that it would always be like yeah that sounds fine with me 
Um, and that's where it kind of is. It's not like super, it's not super special magical uh, trailblazing or hellblazing, I suppose, at this point. Um, <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, but I get that maybe this Constantine story and and portrayal is not what the f- the comic fans wanted and i think they're fine to have the criticisms that they want about it um but as for those of us who didn't invest in this and could could be a little bit more to be a little less rigid about the how, how to feel about this movie lo- i look at this movie as another keanu reeves movie first and foremost as it's been previously mm-hmm. stated this character is definitely form-fitted to him and i think that's fine like, J- like keanu reeves as constantine is that's what this movie is and i enjoy it for that um and i think like over the years like i would probably be with a lot of the other reviews this sits in the middle um c plus sounds pretty pretty accurate but i honestly after re-watching this and actually watching this as a movie to review instead of like just being a movie i left on in the background like in my past um i'm like oh i really enjoyed this it actually raised it up for me uh i can feel com- comfortable calling this a b be honest with you b b b, b minus is probably a bit more accurate but i enjoyed it enough to even say b um so that's where i sit yeah i, I think i'm i'm right there with you ryan on on the grade actually too because this is um gosh like i said i saw this one when it first came out and i wasn't blown away by it but it was it was good like it was just it was fine and i ended up watching it a bunch of times just because i had a copy of it i ended up with a you know a file of it yeah. So it would go through like the rotation, like okay, I'll throw on Anchorman, and then I'll throw on Lord of the Rings, and then I'll throw on Constantine. Just like it was in like it was in a cycle, it was in a, a circulation. Um, and normally I'm not too jazzed about the this kind of era of of the the Judeo Christian horror, dark sci fi, whatever you want to call it, you know, mythos kind of <laughs> movies like the prophets, uh, the prophecy films. Like we talked about those. The first one's cool, but they kind of go all over the place then um and tv shows like supernatural i feel like kind of lost their footing in, personally uh, i feel like that w- when they went to they kept going back to these you know story arcs that involved the same like oh war between heaven and hell it's always a war between yeah. heaven and hell but there are movies where it works um you know we talked about demon knight a few years ago that that's a great one too where it definitely you know uses judeo-christianity in in the main part of of what your threat is and this is one of the better ones from this era because i remember seeing legion and priest and they felt like the same damn movie this one at least had a little more uh, the, the characters are more fun you're a little more eager to to lean in and, and look into this world that they're 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 showing you i like the fact and i like how you worded it eric like the story is kind of allowed to tell itself i like mm-hmm. that from a script perspective this one doesn't go overboard with you know just in, information in the dumps. beginning there were yeah. yeah i i didn't need that it it there's a little bit of of an information dump but it it comes out in an appropriate time and it works it's done appropriately it's like all right i need to catch this person up it's not right out of the gate so that being said yeah there are some 
technical problems with this. The CGI is a bit dated. Some of some of Keanu Reeves, you know, like he's he's good because he's Keanu Reeves, but really that's some of the lines are pretty 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 flat. Um, but when the performances are good, they're great. Uh, I'm actually going to go with a B minus on this one too. So. So that's our two-parter now between Constantine and Odd Thomas. We really didn't talk too much about the comparisons between the two, but it's pretty <laughs> yeah, obvious it that it's really about, all, but you know, paranormal detectives more or less. Um, with bad CGI. With bad CGI, <laughs> yeah. Though at least Just I, the 2013 I, movie has less of an excuse. But yeah, yeah. I like the the, <laughs> but I definitely like the the, the way they're the demons are portrayed in this one more with like the half heads. It just I don't know why that's so friggin' weird. And them um, smelling yeah. something, and you see the nose yeah. is just doing the twitch where they just run. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's Good pretty shit. effective. Good stuff. But, uh, I would we would love to know what any of our listeners think. <laughs> frozen of yogurt, Constantine. <laughs> Kim's frozen Kim's. yogurt. Kim's. Yeah. This demonic head bowl was brought to you by Kim's. If you're gonna enjoy your frozen yogurt, <laughs> why not in the hell of a why not in the skull of a demon spawn warrior? Yeah. And when you're done with that, you can share your thoughts on Constantine with us at the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or find us on Facebook at the main Video Junkyard Podcast page or the Video Junkyard Podcast group. We'd love to hear what you have to say. With any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, I almost didn't get that in. You you yeah. had it very high up in a pitch. It was quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Running, out, running out of breath at the end there. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Inhale. We do appreciate you being here with us the video junkyard podcast if you like what you hear uh jump over on uh, patreon uh patreon.com slash video junkyard podcast and if you'd like to donate even a dollar to uh, help us produce the show uh there are some great perks over there go and check it out uh, whether you're donating or not we appreciate you being here with us on the video junkyard podcast i hope you will come back next week for our tribute to the late great Betty White, we're going to watch the movie Lake Placid, which might not be what you think of first when uh, you hear the name Betty White, but it sure was what I thought of when I read of her unfortunate passing. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to check that one out. And, uh, that, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, followed by, how, how are we going to say this one, guys? Uh, we're uh, It's the movie, I'll do this once. I'm going to do this once, then we're going to find out what we're going to call it at the end of the, uh, but the, 1970s snake horror film and I'm not going to say that for an entire episode so we're going to come yeah, up we, with something we, else to call that we one, might just but, have to call it S yeah S um, yeah followed by a bunch of other really great stuff on the Video Junkyard Podcast please come back and visit us again uh, always love having you and um, yeah uh, that's all for me we want to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkier Podcast. And if you enjoyed it, we hope that you'll feel free to share it around. Um, and until next time, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Stiaskal, assholes. You do this, there's no turning back. You see them. They see you. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter, at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram, 
as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. <laughs>